0: Major support for Out to Lunch Acadiana is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. Support also comes from Wyndham Garden Lafayette.
1: From Social on Johnson Street in Lafayette, we're Out to Lunch with Peter Raschuti. Peter Raschuti is Professor of Finance and Director of the award-winning Road Reports. It's business Acadiana style.
2: Hi, I'm Peter Raschuti. Welcome to Out to Lunch Acadiana. The way this show works is we invite a couple of people who are in business in Acadiana to have lunch. Uh, Usually they're people who we think will get along or might enjoy meeting each other because they have similar business interests. Today we're changing things up. My guests here at the lunch table at Social have nothing in common. Well, almost nothing. One of them is one of Lafayette's most successful restaurant owners. In fact, he owns this restaurant as well as Charlie G's, Pete's, and the tap room. My other guest is one of Lafayette's most successful oil and gas executives. Since 1998 he has been president and CEO of PetroQuest Energy. The one thing these two impressive gentlemen do have in common is this. They're both named Goodson. Not only that, they're both named Charles Goodson. Actually not only that, they're both named Charles Thomas Goodson. It's not a trick question. They're not the same person and they're not related. Even though they both live here, and the Lafayette business community is not all that big, they've only run into each other a handful of times in the past 40 years, so we've pulled off something of a coup here. Uh, did I mention they both go by Charlie? Charlie Goodson and Charlie Goodson, welcomed out to lunch. Thank you. <laughs> so Thank this you. It's going to be confusing. Now, because this is radio, this is going to be a little bit confusing. We're going to have to find some way to differentiate you. Do you each have a nickname? No.
3: No, I do not have a nickname. Nope.
2: How about if we go your restaurant Charlie and your oil Charlie? Yeah, okay, all right. That work? We have never done anything like this. This yeah. <laughs> one of us
3: has hair and the other yeah. one doesn't. Oh, that <laughs> 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 you could you could use that. <laughs>
2: okay, we won't though. Okay. Um, I believe y'all's first meeting was also at a restaurant at Cafe Vermilionville back in the day, uh, when you owned that restaurant, Restaurant Charlie, and you mm. were there as a guest of Oil Charlie. Uh, Tell us about that
3: first meeting. Well, it, it was actually in a business prior to Cafe Vermillionville, oh. just a little earlier, in the same building, Yep. but it was a saloon called Judge Roy Bean's. Oh, saloon. Oh, that was pretty famous. It was. Yep. It was a watering hole for the oil industry, young oil business, kind of the first singles bar. We did do food, but it, it, uh, it was an interesting place. And uh, Charlie was entertaining some guests he was living in Natchez, I believe, at the time, Charlie. That's right. And Actually, New so Orleans. In yeah. New Orleans. Okay. Yeah. Back in the mobile days, yeah. I guess, right? So uh, at the end of the meal, Charlie pulled out his card and gave it to the waitress. And she looked down and it says, Charles Thomas Goodson. So she thinks he's playing a, playing a joke. because <laughs> Everybody was having fun in those days. So she takes it to the manager. Somebody has Charlie's card. And she gives it to the manager. So the manager goes over to Charlie says, uh, okay, that was funny. Who's <laughs> paying for this meal? He said, well, I am. He said, that's my card. He said, no, that's Charlie's card. <laughs> so he ended up proving who he was, yeah. and that's how we, it, yeah. we didn't meet that day because yeah. I wasn't there, Right. but that's how we knew that was two of us floating So that around. waitress was protecting you. Yeah. She There's was, the, they she <laughs> was. <laughs>
1: And to add Do on to I that. Do I remember that right? That, that's right. And, there, you know, there was a, there was a, it was, I think that they were a little more concerned than just it was a joke. I thought, they thought that thought had stolen his card. <laughs> and, uh, well, I not being <laughs> polite then. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, but then after that, that was the first time in my life I'd ever been to Lafayette, Louisiana. I literally had never, I, I did not know where I was. I was at a, one of the best restaurants, bars in town. And I left and I went back to New Orleans. And then I did move to Natchez, as Charlie said, and the second time I am in Lafayette, Louisiana, I'm here again, and we actually had an office here, and I took someone to lunch at Cafe Vermilionville, which I didn't know had been Judge Roy Beans. Same building, same place, <laughs> but I'd had no clue that's what it was. And so I sit down, and again, I'm buying, I'm, I'm picking up the tab, and and I give him my card, and all of a sudden this guy comes over, you know, with a beard, and and were well, you in here a few years ago? And, you know, <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, uh, I'm sitting there going, I've never been in this place oh, in my life. Of course, right? I have no idea <laughs> where that. I'm like, I, and he goes, this was Judge Roy Bean's, and I'm like, I'm under the table now. Like, <laughs> so so no, it's been a, it's been a you know, great great relationship. Uh, he hadn't been arrested. I hadn't been arrested. You know, <laughs> so far we, so we had, good. Yeah, in Not the, in this city, I haven't yeah, been <laughs> arrested. <laughs> There's been a few uh more somber, somber times. One of was uh, I'd been here for less than six months, and it, it was 1986. And peters you know, oh, energy was business time, was, yep. was, I mean, um, and the restaurant business, everything oh. was going on, and, and of course. My wife and I had had basically we had a rented house and a car, and and uh, so I I leave at 5:30 in the morning on a rainy December day, about a week before Christmas, and I'm, I'm racing out to the airport to jump get a plane to go to Houston to show an oil, oil deal that I couldn't sell, and and I'm um, the. Pinhook is barricaded off and they're 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 basically fixing the rain the train the train tracks there. I mean a major renovation. So you had to detour around through some back roads and it's raining real hard and I didn't see and, and I crossed this this railroad track that wasn't marked, had a like a little yellow white sign there and it was before daylight, raining so hard, my radio on. Well a train hit my car, oh picks the, the car up and rotates it around and literally destroys my car and uh but you're okay i'm su- surprisingly okay and 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 the train continued on to jefferson street i think is where it went on and, and the, the the conductor finally gets back there and about 10 minutes later i've climbed out of the car and it's literally sitting in a ditch nose down and bent in half and i i, I get out and I, somehow or another i took the keys out of the car and the trunk was sitting right there at waist level and i opened it up and there's my my, my umbrella and I got it out. I'm sitting there like Mary Poppins. And uh, and all of a sudden, I see this guy with a light coming up, and he uh, looks at me, and goes, and looks in the car, and he goes, where's the guy? And I said, who? And the guy, the driver, he said, well, oh, that's me. He said, oh, I've never seen one alive before. <laughs> and <laughs> and so, so, anyway, so I, I drive back to... I, I, the <laughs> policeman take me to my house. I, I refused an ambulance. I, I, I thought Richard Jusslaug was gonna charge me too much. So I didn't need it. I go back to my house and my wife, of course, what are you here for and got hit by a train. Well, <laughs> so now we got a rented house and no car. And uh, and, and But anyway, on the news that night, they showed Pinhook and they showed about a hundred yards of torn up street and and the reporter's talking about how I had gone, I'd gotten hit by a train. They were showing, so people are going, this is one dumb idiot. He's gone around barricades and, and torn up streets and everything. And Charlie was getting all the grief because no one knew <laughs> oh. me in town. He, oh, they're, so they're calling him to see if he's okay and <laughs> sending him flowers and, you know, and everything. But uh, I don't know if you remember that or not, but it was a... It well, was. Uh, it was. Well, it's it nice to know quite he's quite loved event. in the community. That's yeah. uh
3: that's what really counts there. Yeah. But uh,
2: let me just ask you guys. You're yep. you're so successful at what you okay. do. What, what did um, what did you start out doing? What was your first job?
3: I was a bag boy at a grocery store. Oh. Del Champs, uh grocery oh, store in, in Montgomery, Alabama. And that's where you start out. Your family's. My family's from Louisiana. My dad's from Oakdale. and My mom's from Baton Rouge. But his first job was in Montgomery, and uh, uh-huh. that's when I was born there went to high school there a year of college they asked me not to come back to college <laughs> so i went into the service and when i got out of the service my parents had moved to lafayette he they didn't tell you well no they <laughs> me. but they had a, my dad had an opportunity to join his brother his brother was in the oil field contracting oh. business here the old Soloco. oh uh, i remember yeah, that my, yeah that was my uncle bill goodson so my dad came to work with him i got back to montgomery nothing going on in montgomery my dad says, come, come to Lafayette, you know, trying you get want to go back to the school, the it's Williams here, <laughs> <Is> that, <yeah. laughs> or you can uh, go to school or go to work in the oil field, you know, so I moved here. And, uh, but basically,
2: w- you've been in the restaurant business from the beginning. Yes,
3: I'm a, I've never had a real job other than that one. Wow, <laughs> now you,
2: um, I've got to compliment you, The this is the restaurant business is a tough Brutal business. I mean, when you talk to bankers, that's like the last group they want to lend money to and, and all that.
3: How have you done it? Uh, I guess t- uh, tenacity uh, is the only thing. I, I, this is always what I wanted to do, and it's, it's not, and that's a cliche, I know. But if you find something you like to do, it's never like going to work. And yeah. I always loved this. And whether I, I was making money or not, it was what I wanted to do. And I was telling Charlie earlier, you know, I've always made a living at this. Yep. So, luckily.
2: <laughs> and and Charlie oil, have you? Uh,
1: <laughs> Let's use natural gas, because that's what that's I right. use. Produ- that's, that's true, that's true, that would be a better, <laughs> better thing. Yeah.
2: The, uh, what did you start out doing?
1: Well, my, my father was a geologist with Exxon. And, okay. and when uh, they transferred us from Shreveport to New Orleans, he left and he had another geologist bought the largest marine dealership in North Louisiana at the time. So I grew up going from being a Jala's son to helping at the boat company. And he had that for about seven or eight years. And I grew up around boats and and, and I was just, I really, it, it, it helped me because I had to deal with the public. And uh, so until I went off to college, um, that was kind of what I was involved in. And then after college, um, Uh, he, during college, he sold it. And so I got out of college and um, had uh, postgraduate work at University of Oklahoma and got into the land business and and with mobile in New Orleans. Wow, and you could combine boats and drilling by doing
2: offshore drilling.
1: Well, you could. (laughs) We do have offshore production.
2: (laughs) No, this show isn't about petroquests and such, but I wanted to compliment you on something that's, that's getting lost here because the the business is in such a down cycle, but your Thunder Bayou discovery over in Vermillion Parish is yeah. not only is it big, but technologically, it's a huge breakthrough. Sure. I mean, the, the, you can give us an example. Um, a, an ordinary well would be drilled, what, 10, 12,000 feet?
1: Right. And, and what is this? It's at 21,000, uh, 21,000 21, feet.
2: Phenomenal, so. and other people have tried things and have had, geez, the equipment melt and,
1: and everything like yeah.
2: that. How have you done it?
1: Well, certainly the technology uh, has changed a lot over the last 30 years, and um, the the technology to drill deep and and high pressure and high temperatures is, you know, it's a a credit to the entire oil and gas industry. We're we're one segment of it, but the Halliburtons, the Summer Jays, the service companies that are all put together to to, to work in this hostile environment, you know, at 350 degrees. So you basically go turn your your oven on at 350 and and leave anything in there, pots, pans, you know, in a period of time, they're gonna basically come apart. But we are, we basically, this reservoir is a million years old there, and we drilled into it, and we found about 150 BCF of gas, and so it's one of the largest single well reservoirs ever found in Louisiana, where you're producing one reservoir with one well bore, uh, and it's in Vermillion Parish uh, near the town of ERAF yep. and it's, uh, it's the largest single well-discovery we've ever made but it's a testament to the industry and we, you know, we're, a, we're like any industry, we rely on, on the complements you know, between the service sector, the EMP sector, right. uh, capital, uh, the partners in this uh, are, are very high net worth people with us that are you know, very interesting people uh, you know, from around the United States and it's, uh, it's a very interesting project. Charlie Restaurant, um, you're not in the oil business, but it affects your
2: business, oh, I would imagine.
3: Very much so. we uh, Again, Charlie and I were talking earlier before the show of how our businesses uh, rise and fall together and how this particular downturn uh, has not been as severe to some of, uh, say, the restaurants or retail. Uh, because our city has grown so much and we've diversified, thank goodness. Oh, so that's an interesting statement.
2: Yeah. It, you know, people saying, the people in the oil and gas business think this maybe is even worse than the 80s, but but Lafayette itself and your business is, because I, it's I more don't, diversified. I don't
3: mean to say it is not effective. Yeah. Because it do, the in, oil is the engine that drives Lafayette. Uh, but it has not been so severe as it was in 85 when I opened Charlie G's, well, you know, it was, I did, uh, lunch for two for the price of a barrel of oil, which was $5 one day. Lunch for two for $5. And
2: that was... Uh,
3: that was in the <laughs> 85, 86. And we were uh, you know, on the verge of every day, uh, are we going to be open tomorrow yeah, kind of thing. Right. Whereas this year, and, and part of it is the restaurant's been there for 30 years, so yeah. we do have a base. Uh, but I, in, in my view of the four restaurants we have, it has not been a crushing blow as it has been in the past. Oh, it's, it's certainly a downturn in business for us, but nothing like it was in 85.
1: In, in that time, uh, La- from a standpoint of Lafayette, there were a lot more E&P companies, private companies, and the access to capital was so much different at that point in time. Um, today, there's the private equity markets, the, the high-yield markets, the, the banks, you know all of which have, have been drastically impacted by this but in the early in the mid 80s you really if you went out to raise capital you really were still doing it from individuals and you know high net worth individuals and small companies that were typically in the business and so they weren't uh you know they were not struggling with the same things you were today most of the Private equity firms we deal with, or the high yield market, is diversified enough where it's this is one sector of that economy that's being affected. So, you know, it's we are still infected affected by the the commodity price, and no one's making any money at two dollars an MCF or you know thirty dollars a barrel of oil. But it's uh, it 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 is more uh, diversified, and yeah. I think that Laf more diversified at that point in time and we were, we, Charlie and I were talking uh, earlier, we both started our businesses the same year, 1985. Whoa. And I, st- I basically was living in Natchez, Mississippi, working for a company and left and started well, You were to Callan com- back then, right? To and started it and couldn't get my way, out, uh, my house in Natchez in 86, and it was called uh, basically Germany Operating Company, and then we, we bought the, the, the Germanys out of the company and, and became American Explorer. And uh, one of our first partners was a Japanese company, and so we were sitting there with Germans, Americans, and Japanese. <laughs> it was pretty interesting, uh, uh, pretty interesting group of people. Uh, great, great, we had made a real nice discovery in uh, in, in Terrebonne Parish, but uh, that was that's kind of how it changed from the 80s to the, you know, current environment.
2: Now, this is the part of the show we call Let Me Ask You This. Uh, both of you hire a lot of people. I'm sure you have your own interview questions that you ask potential employees. I've got a list of 20 interview questions here that human resource people have dreamed up to find out more about people than what you get from just an oral recitation of what's on the resume. So I'm going to ask you uh, one each. I need you to, each of you to pick a number between 1 and 20.
3: 10. What did you have for breakfast? Uh, I had a bowl of fruit, watermelon, cantaloupe, bananas, grapes. Wow, you, you are a uh, healthy guy. I was this morning. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> I,
3: you know what? And then I had a friend call me and we went to Hub City Diner for breakfast and I had two eggs, bacon, and hash browns.
2: So you've actually had two-back
3: breakfast, and two, we're still two going this, here. I'm too, I had two this morning.
2: You look terrific for that what? kind of a routine. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's deceiving, huh? It is. Now, Charlie Oil, what number would you like, one through 20? How about six? Six. All right. Oh, this is probably really good for you. If you were asked to unload a 747 of
1: jelly beans, what would you do? <sighs> I'd probably keel over and die. (laughs) 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 Not an option. (laughs) uh, I'd get somebody that was good at uh, uh, packaging things up and uh, uh, open up every door and window I could. Okay. (laughs) But uh, I, 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 you know, being facetious, um, I I guess I would uh, try to get as many people in there as possible and get it out as fast as possible. So that would be one of those things: the more hands, the better. All right, perfect, perfect. <laughs> and my breakfast this morning was pigs, figs that were picked yesterday. Oh, all right. Uh, from, right your, from your house? No, someone gave them to me, but they were fresh p- figs, <laughs> <Not the> same <laughs> pig. <laughs> I hadn't had any sausage, but. Uh,
2: <laughs> you know what I want to ask you and comment about is uh, the idea that uh, you have both given back a lot to this community, and I um, just want to talk a little bit about it, like what you do and, and really why you do it.
3: Well, uh, in our case, you know, uh, we have to see hundreds of people every single day uh, to make the wheels turn in, in our business, you know, and uh, there are so many people, luckily, in Lafayette that are tuned in to giving back. I mean, I don't know. It's in, just in, in the DNA in the, here? In, yes, it is. Oil industry is a good example, hospitality, banking, uh, uh, all these people, every. Industry I can think of in town has some sort of way of giving back to the community. They're hooked in to some uh, charity, and it's just just hooked into the DNA in 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 town. And uh, uh, so that's kind of how we go about it, and and why we go about it. And Charlie, um, I know you do things. Let's see, with the
2: hospital, and uh, what other things you're involved in.
1: I'm on a uh, advisory board for a bank. I'm. um, I uh, on the Lord's board uh, have been involved in you know church, um, Asbury Church is where I go to church, and my answer to that is 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 in a town the size of Lafayette, when you invest a dollar in the community, you can actually see it impacted, it. and I thought so it's a it's something that I think and Charlie probably his his philanthropy is more obvious than mine, um, you know is because. I, you know running a public company it's it's really personal and but you know but but our company on the other hand uh, is involved in the games of Acadiana and yeah. United Way and various things like that and we try to to match you know a lot of their their you know their involvement but I think it, it's very simple that it's you see an impact in a community and and you're 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 happy to do it uh, because of that
2: Charlie let me ask you uh, you know you just opened for instance um, what's the ratio of food to decor and ambience um, when you open a restaurant I mean you know you've you've got a certain menu over there it's a great place to eat but you had to think up what this was going what this restaurant said and how it was going to be different from your other restaurant
3: there is always a plan uh, related to that but it very seldom works out <laughs> for instance here we had a specific breakdown of food versus beer versus wine versus liquor uh, and it it turned on its head we were going to be a beer centric gastropub well the people that came here wanted classic cocktails was it was and this the is a social drink. this is not yeah. social so w- we served serve twice as much whiskey uh, Brown's Dan Beer, when we were set up to do the exact opposite. So, in, in Pete's regard, it, it already had a track record. It's been there since 1968. So we already had an idea of what people wanted when they came there, and it's holding true. You know, it's it's about uh, 70% food. Uh, here we're about 58, 59% food, uh, 60. Uh, Charlie G's is about sixty-two, sixty-three percent food, uh, and the, the the breakdown of liquor versus food versus beer, well, well, liquor, beer, and wine is totally opposite at Charlie G's. Wine pushes the needle at Charlie G's. Uh. Liquor pushes the needle here. So. I
2: can see why you've been pretty successful. You've got the analytics behind all
3: this. <laughs> they, uh,
2: what do you do at a place like Pete's where it was well loved and you wanted you were gonna buy it and Keep what people loved and make it your own. What what do you do there?
3: Actually, it's a a full full circle for me. I was the very first employee of Uncle Pete's, which was the original (laughs) Pete's. Myself and Jimmy Guidry uh, were the two first employees. And uh, the two owners, two brothers, and and Jimmy and I were the first first four employees. And uh, so uh, that was my very first managerial job in the business. So... When we ended up being next door with this business, Preston Guidry, the owner of Pete's, who had started it back in 68, uh, was ready to retire, and uh, so we took it over. So so already, you
2: weren't um, like a busboy and threw your apron down and said, darn it, I'm gonna buy this place sometime. No. There's, okay, <laughs> all right, I was looking for it.
3: was an opportunity <laughs> uh, being next door, and. There, uh, to this facility, and, you know, and, and, uh, part of me said, somebody's going to take that business. I, it, I just assumed it'd be me. Right. Or us. I never knew your neighbor me. was going to us. be. It's uh, us. Jody Ferguson and Mark Crampy, my partners, uh, we felt that uh, let's, let's control that spot rather than someone else. So, you, and they're you, totally different.
2: Do you worry um, at some point we just can't, uh,
3: Oh, he just can't control, you've got too many properties, is there some point of which? For me personally, it, it, the, the idea is, if as long as it's in the same town, I'm comfortable. Once I get out of Lafayette and try projects, which I have. That's right, I'm you Charlie
2: G's in New I'm, Orleans, I'm right? Not yep. as,
3: I'm not as good at it, I, uh, I, I'm more of a hands-on person uh, and an, I don't delegate well.
2: Charlie, Charlie, we've run out the clock here at Social. They're ready to kick out the boss and his buddies and and make way for paying customers. Uh, uh, You're both good sports to have gone along with this crazy idea, but I'm so glad you did. It's been fun and we discovered you have more than just a name in common. Uh, You're both successful businessmen who in the course of your careers have contributed an awful lot to the economy and to the community in Lafayette and Acadiana. Uh, you're both still hard at work and, and seemingly having fun uh, thank you for everything you've done for everything you're doing and thank you both so much for taking the time on to join me and out to lunch today i appreciate this guys my guests in out to lunch today have been charles thomas goodson chairman president and ceo of PetraQuest energy incorporated and charles thomas goodson partner in southern hospitality kitchens including social southern table and bar pete's family sports grill the tap room and Charlie G's. You can find out more about Charlie Goodson's exploits in energy and Charlie Goodson's culinary career by following the links in our websites, krvs.org and it's akadiana.com. The producer of our show is Grant Morris, our technical producer is Eric Merle, and Christian's our researcher. Our theme song, Un Monsieur Nice Guy, is written by Mitch Foreman and performed by Mitch Foreman and Andre Michaud. Our Acadiana business consultants are Pete Prados from Innovative Acadiana, Zach Barker from the Opportunity Machine, and Dr. Blake Escudet. Today's show is recorded live over lunch at Social Southern Table and Bar in Lafayette. Social is open six days a week for lunch and dinner with brunch on Sundays. If you want to know what we all look like, and you really should, you can find photos of the show on our website and Facebook page. The photos were taken today by Gwen O'Quant. You can get the show as a podcast. You can listen to past shows. You can keep up with us on all kinds of social media by going to our websites, itsacadiana.com and krvs.org. Support for Out to Launch Acadiana comes from Wyndham Garden, Lafayette, located off Pinhook near Cali Saloon. Wyndham Garden Lafayette offers a complimentary airport shuttle within a three-mile radius, reaching downtown shopping and local restaurants. Additional support comes from ABiz Magazine and AcadianaBusiness.com the essential information source for business decision makers throughout the One Acadiana region. Out to Lunch is a production of i Broadcasting for itsacadiana.com and KRVS 88.7 FM. I'm Peter Raschuti. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table for more business Acadiana style on
0: Out to Lunch. Major support for Out to Lunch Acadiana is provided by the law firm of Jones-Walker. Established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S. Providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com Support also comes from Wyndham Garden Lafayette.